This is an RNZ podcast. If you turn the clock back between, say, 15 or 20 years, the top-rating national TV channels all wanted a slice of the current affairs action in prime time on weekdays. While TV2 was showing Shortland Street each night, TV1 had Homes, and after that, close up with Mark Sainsbury, after Prime TV paid a small fortune to lure Paul Holmes for a 7pm show to compete with it. And in 2005, TV3 launched Campbell Live to extend the range and reach of its news presenters, John Campbell and Carol Hirschfeld. But over time, serious current affairs issues in the evenings got watered down with the likes of The Story, The Project and Seven Sharp on at 7pm. But last Wednesday night, the Discovery-owned TV channel 3 launched the first new primetime current affairs show for years. And as Hayden Donnell now reports, this weekly effort seeks to blend current affairs and comedy. Hello Kiwis, I'm Paddy Gower and I have got issues on this show. We... So began Paddy Gower Has Issues. The show follows the eponymous Gower and his colleagues as they address their gripes, grievances and concerns about the way New Zealand works. Those embuggerances range from the major... Tonight my issue is with reading. We are failing at it. In fact, we actually suck. ...to the more minor... I had, a, I had an email in from um, a good friend of mine, Zoe, who's got a real issue with the music they play at the supermarkets. So, um... Most of the show's first episode was centred on those two issues. The meaty technical investigation into our falling reading rates and literacy education was carried out by Gower's co-host, the News Hub presenter Laura Tupo. She interviewed school teachers, principals, students and academics to build the case for classrooms to adopt a structured rather than balanced method of reading education. Now that might sound a little academic, but interviews like this one with some Mahurangi College students made the story personal. Why do you want to know how to read? It makes life simpler. I don't have to like ask my mum all the time, how do I spell this? Can you read this for me? Meanwhile, Karen O'Leary delved deeper than anyone ever has before into Countdown Spotify playlists on behalf of the aforementioned Zoe. Here she is speaking to a Danish academic who's spent 30 years studying the effects of music on shopping habits. What say I wanted to make someone buy mints? If I had them just hearing the word mints on repeat over and over and over again, do you think that would work? Um, that's a good question. O'Leary carried out an experiment to test that theory, sending three shoppers around a countdown with headphones playing different soundtracks, one happy, one sad, and one with the word mince on repeat. Unfortunately, there was a flaw in the operation. Karen, I have to know, did she buy mince? No, she... (laughs) It turns out she's actually vegan. (laughs) The contrast between those two topics would be stark at the best of times, but it was made even starker by the show's unique structure, which saw Tupo and O'Leary's investigations spliced together in four sections across the course of its hour-long runtime. Now, that made for a few abrupt changes in tone, but the trans Transitions between light and shade were generally pretty smooth. Part of that is thanks to the show's host, who successfully mixed serious and silly in this segment, defending a now-aborted feral cat-killing competition for kids in North Canterbury. I need to be clear here. 
I am not against Moggies or any house cats. I understand that your cat Twinkles or Misty is special. But feral cats are not special. They need to die. And that's why I have no issues whatsoever with the North Canterbury hunting competition and I hope that Rotherham School gets its pull. In-house comedians Eli Mathewson and Courtney Dawson also helped navigate the shifts from literacy to levity, serving as a kind of younger, less Muppety, Statler and Waldorf. I've looked at the reading test. I even did some of it. I read four paragraphs from basketballer Stephen Adams' book and answered some multi-choice questions about it. And I'm sad to say it's actually kind of easy and our 15-year-olds should not be failing this. They should have the reading skills to pass this, and we are failing them uh, if they can't. Oh, Patty, it's cool you got to do the test. Did you get any uh, NCA credits for doing it? <laughs> when they weren't heckling Gower, the pair were charged with delivering comedic takes on the news of the day. Some of those jokes got a little spicy. The only other country to never have a reported case is China. <laughs> if Tokilao is only finding out about COVID now, then they're going to be really sad in three years when they find out that the Queen has died. <laughs> you know what? It's been a busy couple of years for COVID. I think that it deserves a tropical getaway. Yeah, I can't wait to see COVID with a tan. I'm old enough to remember when COVID infiltrating a Pacific island for the first time wasn't really a rich vein of comedy. Times have changed. Admittedly, international news with its bounty of horrors can make for tricky source material. A local news segment later in the show made for safer and arguably funnier ground. Well, it's been a huge week for big nerds because the new budget was announced. <laughs> they always give it a fun nickname. So what do they call this time? The government sold this as a bread and butter budget. Bread and butter. Bread and butter. Bread and butter. Bread and butter. Bread and butter budget. <laughs> oh, la-dee-da. Someone can afford butter. <laughs> all in all, a successful debut for what will be a weekly hour of Gower and Friends. I asked the show's host about some of the editorial decisions that went into the first episode and why it's taken so long to get current affairs back on prime time. Kia ora, Patrick, and welcome to Media Watch. It's actually really good to be here. It's a bit of a tonal tightrope, right? It's a mixture of the serious and the not-so-serious, the light and the dark. You've got the funny news segments, and then you have a technical investigation into literacy education. Like, How much thought did you guys put into how to balance those two shades? There's probably no way to put into words how long that took um, from the conception of the program, which was in about November last year, so for about six months. That's the format that we've got where we're going to mix um, serious investigations into big issues with some less serious investigations and some actual hard-out comedy as well. So the tonal tightrope is something I've got to live on and I'm, I've got my arms out balancing here in the, in the studio. We believe that that's a model where people can get hard investigations, good conversations about issues facing New Zealand and have some fun as well. And we feel that's a way that we can, you know, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, make people sort of take their medicine with a little bit of sugar, I think is the saying. You know, we're competing with the likes of, we are literally competing with 
MasterChef Australia and the celebrity chase, you know, and we're competing with people's time. We're competing with TikTok and all this other stuff. If people watch the show, there's just been, we did an investigation into literacy in New Zealand, which is about as hard hitting and as complex as, as you can take on in terms of journalism. So we never considered a real hardcore, constant current affairs kind of program like like what people might have been used to seeing with 60 Minutes and Third Degree on TV3 or on Sunday or anything like that. Did that for about 15, 16, 17 years of journalism, being serious all the time. And the in the last um, few years where I've, I've let my funny side come out, I've enjoyed a lot more. And so the show was always going to have a bit of that as well. Uh, yeah, I, I worked for Newsworthy. Do you remember yeah, Newsworthy? Yeah, I, I remember it well and I loved it. Because that was the tonal tightrope possibly gone a bit wrong. You had <laughs> Sam Hayes doing a really serious news up front and then you had David Farrier getting half naked and interviewing Colin Craig in a sauna. So that that was a tough balance to strike. Do you worry that you might, you know, be a bit newsworthy? Yeah, um, I don't actually. I think if I end up in a sauna um, with a politician and... It- becomes one of the most iconic interviews in the history of New Zealand television, um, then I'll be walking the tonal tightrope just fine <laughs> because David's interview with Colin Craig was was about it. And and as for Samantha, um, she's actually going to be on the show this week. She's done okay. an investigation for us and she'll, she'll be working with us. So, she, so she'll be back on that tonal tightrope. We just took the tonal tightrope that you guys had put away in the cupboard uh, and we tied it up again. The thing that you've done that is quite innovative is that it's not just Laura Tupo doing her very technical and quite well done investigation into literacy in one segment and then the comedy in another segment. They're interwoven across the show in a way that I'm not sure I've seen before. It hasn't been done before, that's a fact, Um, because we looked at nearly every kind of show that was anything like this around the world, um, including in Warner Brothers Discovery, which owns three, which has got a whole lot of programs across CNN and everything. There's nothing like it there. Um, there's no other format when we looked in, in similar countries like Australia, Canada, um, the UK and the US. Um, so that's something that we've come up with at three. TV3's got a long history in comedy. It's part of our DNA. We're the home of comedy in New Zealand television. And, and obviously we've had three news and news hub. So we've taken those two bits of DNA and we have literally mixed them and the format that people see where we do literally have them as like strands of a rope, I guess, through the program. And I'm super proud of that. From now on, we're on a weekly turnaround and we've got the, we've got the same format to work with week in, week out. <laughs> so we only have a few days to do each time, but we believe that it can work. That's why we've done it. And people want to come on a journey with both stories, both the, the hard news investigation or the more comedic one done by Karen O'Leary. The format has issues. Is that limiting in any way? Because it has to be stuff that you have issues on. Could it be that you're kind of limited to stuff that you're aggrieved over? Yeah, well, we did think about calling it personal grievance yeah. in terms of PG. Um, I'm just joking. We never did. But You now, never did that? No, no. It's no. actually pretty good. Yeah, Patrick it is quite. Gower, personal yeah, grievance. It is good. Maybe they can, I might write that down afterwards and later on and... Um, it, it, That's Media Watch intellectual property yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't want it to be grievance based, and I'm I'm putting quote marks around that because grievance is you know it's quite a harsh word. I prefer issues, but journalism is sometimes based around um, taking up someone's grievance and looking for answers for them. Um, but it's not going to limit us. You know, issues is a pretty um, broad word, and we're not going to be limited to just grievance um, journalism all the time. What we want is there to be a lot of solutions, and we saw solutions in the literacy story. 
there is a type of, of teaching literacy that is a potential solution. We saw the Minister for Education say that she wants us to adopt that in all our schools. That's a solution. So maybe, um, you know, it should have been called PG Has Solutions. But um, I don't know. It's too late to change it now. I'm really sorry that this revelation has come to you at this yeah, I wish point. I, I wish I'd done this interview last week or a few weeks ago. We could have really changed things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what you're talking about there almost has uh, is almost reminiscent of Fair Go, right? Yeah. I mean, um, Karen's, um, as people would have seen, she took up a grievance about supermarket music on behalf of someone. It's an amalgam, amalgam of different... Um, ways of doing television journalism, and it's got a little bit of everything in it. So who decides the issues? Are they all just your issues, or are they being decided by a News Hub executive somewhere? We all decide. I mean, obviously, I've got a massive say. Um, Our executive producer, John Bridges, um, has also got a massive say, and so does Todd Simmons, who's who's one of the bosses at, at News Hub. Um, and so do the team that work on it. I'm sorry if this is kind of starting to turn into a boring answer, but, you know, we kind of work through them. I mean, they ultimately start with me and and lots of people come up to me and talk to me wherever I am about things that they think I should be investigating or things that are good ideas to investigate. And that's really the main start for me, the people that come up and talk to me. So they're mainly your issues. They will be mainly Patrick Gower's issues. Yeah, well, they'll be all of our issues. I mean, I I think if you came and saw the list of things we're doing, there'd be no, no great surprises that they're things that are of concern to Kiwis. Can you give that, us some hints about what's coming up? No, I can't. Um, but they would be exactly the same as, as anything that anybody who, who wanted to brainstorm, you know, around our health system, around our education system, um, disparities in the economy, social issues, all of these sorts of things. Um, I don't want to give away what we're doing um, on a media show. That would be absolutely, absolutely stupid. Um, but I nearly did it. Um, <laughs> I nearly did it then, but I managed to resist. I think there, you know, if this show does get another hoon, um, which I hope it does, you know, we've got 20 shows to do um, this year. Um, there's more than enough issues to keep us going. I did a rough back of the sort of wheat packet estimation that on the issues that I think New Zealand are facing, we could have 17 seasons. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. so. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. we're crossing live to Patrick Gower from his retirement yeah. village. <laughs> He's still solving them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like you're pushing an issue uphill every week though. Is there something that feels a little bit daunting about that? You know, news shows they just get to go with whatever the breaking news of the day, it's swimming with the current. Yep, and it is daunting actually. But it's new and it's different and it's a challenge. That's why I can't resist it. Like, I, I actually really like that. That's what gets me up in the morning and gets me going. You were quite public when you quit the gallery that you burned out. You were, you, I think yeah. the sort of words were that you're almost losing your mind. You've got a lot on. You've got the documentary series that's still going and you've got this. Like, are you worried that you will, that you've taken on something that's too daunting? Nope. Um, I've taken on the job that, you know, one of these jobs that I, I reckon I was meant to do. The stuff that we're facing in New Zealand and trying to help and trying to um, make the country a little bit better, you know, I, I can think of nothing more that I'd want to be doing. You know, I had a mental breakdown in the gallery from overwork, stress and, you know, being in an incredibly negative environment. Um, I might be a little stressed with this job because I'm worried about doing a, a good job, 
Um, but it's incredibly energising to be out with the people of New Zealand and, and, and see and hear the things that they're worried about and try and, and, try and help them. So um, doesn't mean that it's not thrilling as well. Is that economic environment one of the reasons why this is the first new current affairs show in quite some time? That it's it's tough to make. It's expensive to make this kind of show. Yep, and um, I think it's been about seven years since we had third degree, which was our last iteration of this. They they are tough to make, um, but for me, the chance to to bring it back to TV three was one of the main motivators just to get these kinds of stories like what people saw on on Wednesday night literacy back into prime time back front and center investigations and like that after a seven year break on the network we have to get this stuff back out there it's not just for TV3 it's not just for uh, it's not just for me um, they're they're actually for for the people that are out there and, and we've got one year to try and make it work and, and show the bosses that people want to watch it and it's my job now um, to get those people to watch it to make something good enough so that we can come back for another year with these kind of stories. Your your documentary show is called Patrick Gower on whatever, weed. Yes. Uh, this one's called Paddy Gower Has Issues. Can you explain why <laughs> this is Paddy Gower and the other one is Patrick Gower? Well, this is actually a serious question because this goes to the heart of the marketing department at Warner Brothers Discovery, um, who believe that the use of Patrick for the documentaries and and Patty um, for the show creates some differentiation uh, in the brands. So di- people approaching the show, <laughs> they'll be like, isn't this by the same guy that does Patty Gower has issues? And then another person will say, no, yeah, but this d- is Patrick. But deep, this is the Patrick. But deep this in is their, Patrick Gower. Deep in their subconscious, you know, they'll be feeling something. And the documentaries that I do, which I'm still doing, by the way, a much, much deeper level of research, heavier investment of time and a heavier investment of skill in the directing and the cinematography. Um, so, you know, you know, the more formal name Patrick does fit quite nicely with them. <laughs> Being a company man at the moment, yeah. I can see you. <laughs> oh, no, you've done an admirable job for, for Warner Discovery. <laughs> Warner Brothers Discovery. Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery. I really apologise for getting that <laughs> no, wrong. Good. Now, despite the title, you know, there's, there's actually... I was surprised by how little... Patrick Paddy Gower was actually in the Paddy Gower hour. Yes. Um, you know, it was really a star term for Laura Tupo, Karen O'Leary. Yes. Uh, comedians Courtney and Eli. Um, I'm, I'm happy to see the spotlight to people like you just mentioned. You know, Laura Tupo, um, you know, she's one of the great talents and reporters that we've got, and it was awesome to see her step up on a massive investigation. Karen O'Leary, it should be called Karen O'Leary on issues. I wouldn't be surprised if season two if she takes over, there's... Because that has been a criticism of some of your documentaries, you know, a bit too much Patrick Gower front and centre Yeah. every so often. Was that something that you are wary of there? No, I'm not wary of putting myself front and centre. People know that I've got issues. I've covered most of them publicly, so I do need to share um, not just the spotlight with some other Junos, but, but with some issues that other Kiwis face as well. Um, and people are going to see a lot of me. I've been in the Hawke's Bay filming a story last week. I've been in Gisborne filming something yesterday. Um, I'm back out there. There'll be plenty of Gower in that hour as we go on. Um, but it's going to be awesome to share the stage with, like I said, Sam Hayes is coming up this week. A whole lot of other News Hub journalists are going to be coming through as we go. And, we all uh, have issues. Yeah, everyone's got. anyone who's got issues is welcome. This is just part of a larger media round for you, and you have to go pretty 
personal in some of these. You were personal with the promotion of the documentaries. You are personal when you left uh, the gallery about the mental health issues you had there. Is that hard to constantly go into that stuff? Uh, it is at times, and it's... Um you know, I mean, I've made those choices. I made a documentary about being an alcoholic. I was upfront, and I have been upfront and open that I had a, a, a mental breakdown after working in the gallery. Um, these are hard things to talk about, you know. And when you've got your name on a show, like that's, I, I know that for some people that would be like a dream and different things. But you know, when you look up at it, it's pretty horrifying um, at times. You do get a really, really, um, I'll be honest, you do get a really, really big ego in this kind of job. I've suffered from that as well, um, having a big ego and um, thinking, you know, that that you're the greatest and all that sort of stuff. And none of that really is going to help me here. What I've got to do here is 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 focus on getting these issues out and 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 doing these and doing these stories in a good way. What's going to help me here is keeping keeping calm. Um, and, and forgetting about all of that sort of extra jazz and, and focusing on, on doing a good job of the issues for the, the people that decide to come on the program and, and, and share their stories. Um, you know, I've got to keep all of the ego and all of that sort of stuff out to one side and keep really calm and, and make the show a success and ensure that it's renewed for me and the team and the, and the people that watch it. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it, it is tricky, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a professional and I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. But it doesn't mean it's not hard for me. It doesn't mean I have to spend a lot of time thinking about how I'm going to handle it and how I'm going to deal with it, um, you know. And, and, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, don't know if I've quite answered the question there, but it's, 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 it's hard. I mean, some people would get a kick out of talking about themselves. Yep. And I think I probably would. Yeah. Do you, do you and, not? And definitely at times you do, you know, and, and it's also, it's, 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 it's a double-edged sword, though, if I'm honest, you know. There's... There's thrilling parts of it, and it's like it is incredibly proud when I see my name literally in lights on my show. Like there is no question about that. I'm so proud for everything that I've achieved, and I know how hard I've worked for it. I've got the battle scars to prove it. I'm proud for my family and my friends and everybody that supported me. But at the same time, you know, once that switches off and there's all of the pressures of dealing with it and stuff like that and, and your own ego and... Um, the worries about whether the show is going to get renewed and everybody's going to have their jobs again and all that sort of stuff. Like there's, you know, there's sometimes when you wish you, that you didn't have that as well. As and sometimes you just want to like go into a shack in the wilderness and yeah, as long as not that, have Media Watch asking you questions. Oh no, as long as I could, as long as I could get Media Watch on a Sunday morning, that'd be good. Yeah, I think we or, are available in all places. <laughs> if you if you check the AM frequency, we should be yeah. there. Thank you very much, Patrick Gower. Thank you very much for having me on Media Watch, Hayden. That was Patrick Gower, host of the new current affairs show Paddy Gower Has Issues, talking there to Media Watch's Hayden Donnell about the tricky business of blending current affairs and comedy in prime time. Paddy Gower Has Issues screens every Wednesday for the next 20 weeks on 3 at 7.30pm and it's available after that on the on-demand service 3 Now. And you'll also find clips of the show on TikTok and other social media platforms if a whole hour of Gower on TV is a bit too much for you.